This episode is brought to you by the Accountability Club. Are you struggling to find time to work on your business and need some accountability? The Accountability Club is a space for weight-inclusive innovators to dedicate time each month to work on their business. In this space, you'll be in a supportive community with like-minded professionals, completing those $1,000 tasks that keep falling to the back burner and are keeping you from leveling up in your business. And registration is now open for our Q3 cohort, which is July, August, and September of 2023. Woo! Do the work with three monthly co-working sessions, get support with one monthly group business coaching session, and be in community through our private Slack channel and weekly check-ins. Head to weightinclusiveinnovators.com slash accountability dash club to register today. We're in this together to make weight inclusive care more accessible and it starts with our businesses. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians to building a cohesive brand to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it, talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business, the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we're on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Weight Inclusive Innovators. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are doing our quarterly wrap-up and intention setting as we do. We're going to chat about how quarter two went for both of us in all of our businesses, goals we're setting, and projections we are having for Q3. But before we get started, we're going to do a check-in. Hello, Morgan. Hello, hello. Tell us your business highs and lows for the week. We want to hear it all. Shit, I didn't prep for this. That's okay. Spitballing is where we're at. Oh, let me look at my calendar. <gasps> I know. What did I do this week? What did I do? My high of this last week was uh, Hannah Stefan, my conference co-chair for the Houston Eating Disorder Specialist Conference. And I met for the first time to kick off planning our conference that we're hosting in February of 2024. And we met up on a Friday afternoon, which I was really skeptical about because I had already had a really productive week last week. And I was like, I don't really feel like working anymore. It's Friday afternoon. I'm going to happy hour tonight. And so I wasn't expecting it to be very productive. But then we met at a coffee shop and like powered through stuff for an hour and a half. And so we're like set up to keep propelling forward. And that feels really good. I love that. Was it tenfold? It was not tenfold. It was actually, it was uh, neither one of us had ever worked from this coffee shop before. It's called the coffee bar and it's housed inside of a place called fourth and nomad and fourth and nomad has like a bunch of different little pockets inside of it. Did we go there when you were here? We did not, but you sent me a birthday present. That's of right. The Mexico city sent room. That's right. I love from oh, that, so I love that stuff. Yes. And so technically tenfold runs and like manages that coffee shop. So like same coffee, same employees, all of that, but was not tenfold. Okay. Same delicious vanilla latte. Yes, 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 yes. And my low of the week was, uh, just being on my period and, uh, having absolutely no energy 
and having to like get stuff done, like force myself to get off the couch and do things. I just, I don't know why I always think that it's going to be different each month. I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. Like I've been, I've been taking care of myself. I've been nourishing myself. I've been sleeping really well. Like I'll be fine. And then it hits me. And I was like, Morgan, why the fuck did you commit to doing things these two days? Well, it's also part of like, sometimes we just have to get shit done. That's true. And also it comes too fast. Like four weeks goes by so fast or however long. I don't even know. As you know, four ish weeks. Yeah. Four ish weeks. Um, yeah. So it's, it's that balance of honoring where we're at, but still knowing like mm, periods don't pay the bills. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. So it was just like, it's been like a bare minimum two days mm-hmm. of like anything that I could push. I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful. I'm only like exhausted for two ish days, like the first two days. And then I'm like back to my usual routine. And so I just need to like, learn to like expect the bare minimum those first two days. And I mean, even anything that wasn't mandatory got pushed to today. What about you? What were your highs and lows of the week? Oh, Morgan. Sorry, I already know. Let me just start with the low. Um, I I try to keep it tight for you all, but I think it's a very good story and a very, um, I don't want to be the boss today vibe. (laughs) So Yesterday, I get a text from one of my employees who is like, hey, the door at the office is jammed uh, or like, I think the lock's jammed. I can't get in. What's going on? Like, I'm going to go to the conference room and do my client session. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll contact maintenance. We get maintenance involved. They can't get the door open. We're about to call a locksmith. Maintenance crawls through the ceiling. And basically what they found was somebody had barricaded the door shut. Um, Somebody got into our suite, totally like jammed the door. Um, whenever maintenance tried to enter through the ceiling, they said, I have bullets. And so they had to call the police. And so the police called me and they said, we need you to come in. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. My whole team was there. I was like, get the fuck out, go home, like cancel your clients, do whatever you have to do. Take care of yourself. So sorry, this is a mess. So I spent yesterday instead of seeing some of my business coaching clients, doing some meetings, et cetera, um, at the office, sitting with some bike cops and watching teams of SWAT people, um, negotiation crisis teams going in and out of the building for like three hours. And the TLDR is, and this is sad, um, a very mentally ill person escaped the hospital, um, came out in his hospital gown and had kind of burrowed himself in our suite and helped himself to the snacks, did some damage and that was my day yesterday. So luckily our property management team is awesome and they're taking care of everything and cleaning it up. And the suite will be ready back in full force on Monday for my team. Like nothing ever happened. And we're all just shaken up and confused and sad for this person. Um, And that's where yesterday went. What a wild day unexpected like I know whenever you called me yesterday and you're like I'm in like I'm in figure it out mode you were like you had like everything so I imagine today is probably more of like the emotional wave of realizing and like actually processing what happened yeah and you know as I tell it now and I'm keeping it short and tight it's 
seemingly small, but yesterday as everything was playing out, we had no idea what was going on. And we just knew there was someone in our suite barricaded in with a gun. Potentially we were losing our shit because like the fact that my team was coming to work in office and had like, was just trying to get in, had no idea that someone could be on the other side of the door. Like that was just so scary. And so it's just, it was very humbling and, um, definitely a, leadership moment for me of like, okay, I need to stay calm. I need to direct people what to do. I need to like, take care of this. So um, yeah, that's what I did yesterday. And that was my, my low. Um, And I'm glad everybody's safe, including the person who barricaded themselves in and it's over pretty much after everything cleaned up. It's a fucking mess, but yay. Wild day. Yeah. That's a tough spot to be in. I don't know if you're like this, but whenever whenever like a crisis or like big thing happens, I tend to find myself like really calm in the moment. Yep. And I think, and I don't know if this is just like a anxiety thing or if this is an Enneagram seven thing, or I've, I've heard a couple of theories as to where this comes from, but it's like in the moment you're the designated person for like staying calm, trying to be as rational as possible, but like, um, keeping everything de-escalated. But yep. then after things are resolved, I <clears throat> all the emotions like all just come up at once. Yep. I I feel so I like hope you leave space to feel all of those two today and tomorrow as you're like processing through like because that is that's that's terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying that like like it feels like a um I've never been like robbed before, but it, 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 I imagine and, and things that I've, I've heard, it's like an invasion of privacy. Like you, you feel almost like you were like taken advantage of like that kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It feels violating. Violating. Yeah. Yeah. Of like someone was in your space messing with your stuff and, um, most of the damage was done in one of our offices. And so I'm just working with that clinician to help them feel okay in that space and doing whatever we need to, to like cleanse it, um, that they can do their job and feel okay in there. Yeah. It does feel that's the, that's the hardest part is like, well, one, just having a ton of empathy for this person, just trying to get their needs met of like, I just want a place to be and a place to eat food. Like, yeah. And then, um, also the pieces of the empathy for my team and how this disrupted their day and, um, things like that. So it was just, it was just an ick situation. And for me, I'm one of those people as well. I, I do well in crisis. I'm very much a like, okay, action mode. What, what needs mm-hmm. to be done? My face is stone cold. Like I'm not showing any emotion. Yeah. Um, not saying that that's a great thing, but I'm just very focused. It's, on, a, like, it's focus. protective. It gets you through the situation Yep. in the way that you need to. Exactly. And then after I was actually like, you know what, I need to get into my body. I'm so in my head and dissociated. So I went swimming, which was really nice. Okay. Um, and then I just spent the evening with my partner, like taking care of some, some chores and then relaxing. So I don't have a ton of feelings to feel about it. I think it was all handled really well. And the, like I said, the property managers are taking care of everything. I just want to make sure my team's okay. And like holding space for them. So yep. it is, it is all good. And then my high this week, I will say is. I feel like my schedule is really coming together how I want it to. Like every day this week was going to be super manageable um, and still is even with yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have more than five or six 
meetings on three days. And then I had a ton of free space, which I really want to be able to do. You know, I'm, and we can talk more about this as we dive into what we were doing last quarter and what we're going to do next quarter, but just like looking at systems and having visionary time and figuring out how to be a better leader, like just having the space to do all of that feels really good. So um, well, I imagine you probably felt that this morning too, of like, you didn't start your day knowing you had like this super full schedule of meetings and you were able to actually like use that space to contact your property manager and like figure that out. Absolutely. Yeah. I've also realized for me, so my ideal schedule is starting at 9am, not before. Sometimes I start a little bit before on an as needed basis, which is totally cool. But like waking up between six and six thirty, and having the first two hours of my day to do whatever I want, and then having about thirty minutes to an hour to kind of orient myself, and then boom, get into it. That's like chef's kiss for me. So chef's kiss. I love that. That sounds like an incredible schedule. Absolutely. Are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. We are coming close to Q three. It is yeah. middle <laughs> of June. Right now. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. This, this, I feel like Q1, I could very easily like distinct, like each month was very distinct of like what I was working on in the business. And Q2 was much more of a little like all blurred together, but all slow progress. So I like overall, I would give my Q2 a passing score. Love that. We love, what would you say passing score is if you used letters? Well, you know, I said passing score and now I'm looking at everything that I like didn't get done. I'm like, eh, but I got a lot done. So I would say like eight. Love it. An eight out of 10? Eight out of 10. Oh, that's good. We love a B. A B is like good enough. I think if anything, it was like the, I had all of my goals, like ma- like micro goals mapped out through the accountability club. Like I was really intentional with each month designating what I wanted to focus on. And I feel like I did a really good job of like checking that weekly and making sure that I was doing things during the week to like move towards those. We love yeah. that. We what love would my you, What would you rate your quarter? I'm going to give my quarter, I'm also, I say eight out of 10. It, it was a great quarter. I knew this quarter was going to be about coasting a little bit for me and wrapping stuff up. So, and I feel like I did a lot of that. It wasn't a major pushing quarter. So I feel good about it. Eight out of 10. We love this for us. Eight out of 10 is a, is a great, a great, I don't want to say score. Cause then it makes it sound like it was like a, it's a great vibe. It's a great vibe. vibe. Give us some details. Tell us about Q2. Q2. So Q2 had some unexpected pieces, which is uh, fine. You know, rolling with the punches. Starting with Morgan Sinclair Designs, my Q2 goals were to continue with two branding and web design clients a month. Did that, feeling really good about it. Second goal was to create flows to share with my assistant designer so she can take on her own clients. This, we, we haven't like written anything out in stone yet, but she was on the brand strategy call with one of my new design clients and felt really inspired by like her vibe, what she was doing, who her 
target audience was, things like that. And so she is kind of spearheading the design piece of that. And so I feel like even though we don't necessarily have this like perfect flow created, she's been spearheading that and it's been going like really well. She's awesome. And then my third goal was to continue to make progress on the Passive Passion Project, which is a course by Becca Luna on how to create a show at Template Shop. And that is green. I've been making so much progress with that. I am continuing to make a lot of progress with that because a couple of things that happened this quarter that were like not on my radar, but they happened anyway, was I am no longer doing contract work for any startups. So both of those ended this quarter, which is fine. Like I I mentioned it, I think on the last episode we recorded that that's what happened. And like overall, like it's fine. It's contract work. It's going to end at some point, but it was also a loss of consistent revenue for me that happened closer together than I would have preferred. And so so now I am getting to explore other revenue streams that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Like I purchased this course in November of last year and just like never dedicated the time to do it. And now I have the extra time to be able to sit down and do that. And so that kind of prompted me to, with these changes of not doing contract work anymore, I now have about 40 hours a month opening up of that I get to choose what to do with now. And I redid my ideal schedule this like a couple of weeks ago, whenever I knew that both these contract roles were ending and I set up my schedule in a way that's been just like really awesome. And it's, and it's not super drastic from how my schedule has been, but I'm able to remove all of those external meetings and like now fill them with things that are more internal. Yay. We love this adventure for you and this shift from the universe of like, okay, time to turn in and do your work, like get some stuff out in the world. Hell yeah. I went to go have dinner with uh, my parents and my family on Saturday and (laughs) I was like sitting around before my brother just got there. I was just hanging out with my parents and we were talking about, um, I had like posted my ideal schedule, like a glimpse of it on uh, my Instagram stories. And I guess my dad like screenshotted it. And he's like, you're only working 32 hours a week. Like Morgan, you can work more than that. And I was just like, cause I mean, he's, he has worked so much. It's just our parents' generation, right? Oh, like, definitely. Just work a lot. Like he goes into the office at like 4.30 in the morning, gets home at six, like just works a lot. Um, How does your dad have the energy to get up that early? <laughs> he he doesn't even set an alarm anymore. Like that's just when his body wakes up and he would rather just go into the office and like sit and piddle paddle around in the morning. Dads, they're weird. Yeah. Kudos to him. Um, And so I was like, I just like a really cool conversation with my parents of like working for myself. Like I can't give it 40 hours a week. Like that's unrealistic. And if I try to hit eight hour days by Friday, like I don't have the energy to do anything. And then I'm exhausted all weekend. Like I'd rather take it slow, just get done what I need to get done. Like obviously it ebbs and flows every week. It's just like my ideal schedule is 32 hours. I love that your dad has Instagram one and two screen knows how to screenshot and screenshot your ideal schedule. Um, Yeah. I totally, my dad's the same way. Like work ass crack in the morning till the evening, Mm -hmm. like 
just, it is very much that, that generation. And we've learned from that generation that that's not sustainable and not how we want to live our lives. So I love that for you. 32 hours a week seems very realistic, especially with all the projects you go, you have going on. So speaking of all your projects. Yes. So for Q3 for Morgan Sinclair Designs, I want to continue with two branding and web design clients a month. I am going to launch my show at Template Shop. I am like halfway through the course. I have been making progress every week on it. I feel very excited. She she recommends launching three templates at once, but I kind of just want to do one first. I didn't know I like might be holding myself back a little bit for that, but I really just want to launch one and get a couple of people to test it out, make sure it has, make sure they're able to navigate it the way that I want them to. Um, so if you're looking for a website and you want a template, which is way cheaper than hiring a one-on-one designer, and you want to be a little beta tester for my template, let me know, hit me up. I'm going to take two or three people that will give me feedback on these templates sooner rather than later, probably in August. I uh, Wait, yes. can I ask you a question? Sure. Okay. So for a template, I'm going to pretend like I'm someone considering a template. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, what if somebody else uses this template too? Hmm? What does that mean? <laughs> Great question. So uh, within the template, it's fully customizable with fonts and colors. And so even if oh. someone else uses the template, you will still input your fonts and colors to make it unique to you. Amazing. It is also laid out in a way. So even if the design is the same. So, okay. This is actually one thing that I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about limiting my templates to where only like two people from the same state, if they're, if they're, cause they're geared towards private practice clinicians and we're all in the same industry. And so I've thought about, and I don't know if I'll do this with the web design templates or if I'll do this with, I'm doing like brand templates as well, but like keeping track of where people are located to make sure that the same template isn't being used in like the same cohort of people. Interesting. Maybe. I don't know. I'm playing around with that. I thought I'm for, I will for sure do that with branding because that's way more like visual, but also the beauty of a template is like, you don't have to start from it's, it's there. So you don't have to start from scratch. So even though it is the template and you can swap out the fonts and colors, like it's also laid out in a way that is, I think the most ideal way for a private practice website to be laid out. And that doesn't mean that you can't edit it. Like, it's modifiable. It's modifiable and show it. You don't have to know how to code. It's very easy to drag and drop. It's very easy to use. It will, there will be a tutorial video on how to do all of that within the template. I will be available for calls for people who purchase templates if they want support. So it is still modifiable. I love that. I think this is a fucking awesome option for people. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering what is the cost range versus mm-hmm. what somebody pays for website design. Yeah. So my current rates for one-on-one web design work are $3,000 for a one-page website plus $800 for every page beyond that. That includes website copy as well, um, which I know a lot of people hate writing website copy. So (laughs) um, I've lumped that into the service as well. So we're looking at, you know, if you want a four-page website of homepage, meet the team page, services page, and like hire them as a supervisor speaker page. Those tend to be like the four most popular pages. You're looking at $5,400 for 
one page for a, for one-on-one work. And that's industry standard for sure. Yeah. Honest. Yes. I would say it's even probably a little below industry standard, but comparable to other people in our space that are designing websites for clinicians, um, which is the, what matters most to me. Um, so website template will range anywhere from like 600 to 1200 probably. And that includes all and any pages you could possibly want. So one template would have a homepage, meet the provider page, nutrition therapy services page, coaching and supervision page, speaking, a podcast page, a blog, a contact page privacy policy setup and a space for current clients and a like their version of a link tree of like an Instagram click me. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds like a hell of a deal. It doesn't come with the copy, but it comes with like prompts of like in this section, talk about the philosophy of your practice. Honestly, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm really excited for them like really excited for them. Um, so I've been working on putting together like the visual, like selling side of things and each of them kind of have their own vibe and design. If you've been following me, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen a lot of behind the scenes through my stories. Very cool. Yep. I'm also thinking about launching a new service in Q3. I'm like mulling it over. Part of me last week, whenever I was thinking about it, it was like, just launch it right now. And I was like, nope, think through it. <laughs> figure it out. And that is designer for a day. You might have also heard these called like VIP days where you work with the service provider for like, you have the whole day with them to like crank out whatever you need. And so if someone needs email templates set or like their whole email system set up, if someone needs social media content, if someone needs presentations for upcoming or like slides for upcoming presentations, combination of all of that, a website mock-up, like any, anything that they could possibly need that they keep putting off because it involves like design and having to make those decisions. They can hire me for a full day for six hours. And I will crank out. They have, they have dedicated time for six hours, solely focused on them to crank out whatever they need. Awesome. I might actually use you for that. So perfect. Let me know when that's launched. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's like body doubling helping with shit that I don't want to do that needs mm-hmm. to be done. That's very important that I'm not good at. And then like having you there as the hype person. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, it, it just, it feels like a natural fit for like my personality and my skill set and my strengths to be able to provide that for someone. Cool. Let's chat. <laughs> Love it. And then I'm saving this specifically for our time in Mexico city. And I actually did this last summer when we were in Mexico city is uh, revamping my website a little bit. I got new brand photos done in April and I absolutely love them. And with kind of these new services and as things have progressed with Weight Inclusive Business Academy and things like that, I just want to restructure my website a little bit. Cool. So for Weight Inclusive Business Academy, my Q2 recap was launching two lessons a month. I did that for April and May. I did it for June, but it was intentional. My second goal was to nurture my email list, which again, did for April and May. Haven't really done that in June. Talk about that in a sec. And then my third one was post consistently on Instagram, dot, dot, dot. Maybe I did not do that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, listen, I don't know if you set the stage well for that with the dot, dot, dot. Maybe, maybe. it's like you knew that you weren't going to do that. So that's totally okay. Totally knew that. So I uh, launched a couple of lessons. So I know I've talked about this before, but basically I have all the different stages of entrepreneurship from like student up until being a seasoned business owner. And I have like the three lessons that I would recommend for each stage to start with. And then like all the other lessons are also going to be available too. I didn't want to launch my like online assessment of like which stage you're in and which therefore which lessons you should take until I get those first three lessons done for each of the stages. So that's 21 lessons. And so I'm like, you know, and so I'm working really hard on getting those done, but I realize that I also need to be simultaneously working on the different stages and making sure that all feels good and in alignment. And it does. And I'm building out some landing pages for that on my website. And so really like this month in June, I've been focusing more on that than I have been actual lesson creation. But starting in Q3, I want to launch the business blueprint assessment, which is where people would figure out what stages they're in and therefore what lessons to take. And then I also want to uh, start launching two lessons a month again, starting in August. So I think that's totally realistic. Awesome. Thank you. On to the eating expedition. Oh boy, this one's a doozy right now. I am having to make a lot of decisions for the eating expedition right now, specifically for this upcoming trip to Italy. My goals in Q2 were to get six more people signed up for this trip, filling up all of the spots, create content from Italy and Spain for social media. And then I said podcast with a couple of question marks. I haven't accomplished any of those. And that's like a hard pill to swallow because I am now in a position where I'm having to figure out if the trip that I have planned for September is actually going to be feasible or not. Right now, we only have two people signed up. I need at least minimum four more in order to like potentially make this like in order to make the trip happen. Um, It'll be a little bit of a it like won't be a profitable trip at all if with just six people total, like we need eight to fully make it like profitable for me, um, or profitable for the business, but I would rather it not be profitable and happen than not host at all. And so that's kind of my goal right now. And so I, uh, I just realized that like last year I was able to rely on my network. I was, a lot of people were itching to travel post COVID, there wasn't as much of a, like a difference between the dollar and the Euro. And so it seemed, I think pretty easy. It seemed easier to travel last year. And I think this year, like people are traveling this summer and not waiting until September and people like things are just more expensive this year. And the trip itself is more expensive this year to compensate for that. And it's just, I, I like run myself in circles trying to figure out like what I did wrong. And I don't necessarily think anything like there, I think there will always be the what ifs of like, oh, I could have marketed it harder. Oh, I could have been more proactive. Oh, I could have released the date sooner. Oh, I could have done all of this. And those, I'm just having to take those at face value and realize that they're all lessons. And like, no one gave me a manual on how to host an international trip. Like I'm mm-hmm. having to figure that out myself. Um, I'm sure I have realized that I 
could probably benefit from having a mentor. One of my, one of the girls in the accountability club, shout out Kristen had recommended that when I was chatting with her, cause she has hosted trips before and was like, have you ever thought about talking to someone who's done this before and marketed these trips and things like that. And so I think that could be really helpful, but yeah, I'm just kind of in like this hard spot right now where like, if the spots don't get filled, I am going to have to cancel the trip this year. I hate saying cancel. I'm going to say postpone, but for like true purposes like the trip is going to be canceled this year it's not going to it wouldn't happen this year and then uh, I'm just going to shift to 2024 and focus on that and release those trip dates early so people know and can start saving and can plan that for 2024 Mm. thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable and just being real because I know our expectations of ourselves talking to about people in general it's like we can just do things and they're going to work out. And it's a perfectly like straightforward path. I, I am going to do this thing. People are going to come and really kind of like what Ken and I talked about on our podcast episode, a couple podcasts ago is just like, no, we have to fucking fail. Like, and that's not a bad word. And failure just gives us information and a opportunity to pivot and try something else. Mm -hmm. And when I say try something else, it's not not do this trip. It's just postponing it and figuring out how to do it. Yeah. So I'm proud of you. Thanks. I know that you're going to fucking make this happen whenever it makes sense and however it makes sense for people. So you're in the, in the rumbling phase of like, okay, why isn't this happening? What do I need to shift? Where are my people? Yeah. And I think that's fucking awesome. I truthfully think that I feel so much more like like, yes, it sucks, but I feel so much more at peace about it and not, I'm not in the shame spiral that I thought I was going to be in because I did want, like, I already hosted one last year. It's like one of those things. It's like, I know I can do it. I know people are interested in this. I know people want to do this. And so like what, looking at all of the factors that could have impacted like this year's trip. Um, but I think like already having content from last year and having testimonials from last year and like knowing that it's possible, has allowed me to kind of take everything more at like as it is and not get tied up in like the emotions of shame of like marketing this so hard and then having to be like it might not happen that is growth my friend oh yeah I know I literally whenever I was talking with Doug and Erica last week um about just kind of like options of what to do for the trip I was like, man, I remember being in this exact space last year trying to fill up spots because like last year's trip didn't fill up until July. And so I was like kind of holding out to see if there would be, and a lot of people didn't sign up until May, June, July. And so I was like, oh, like maybe that's just like kind of the norm. And uh, I remember last summer I was not sleeping. Like I would wake up at two, three in the morning and not be able to fall back asleep for an hour because my brain was just like, going and going and going about like the what ifs of this trip and that's not happening this year and like things are like quote unquote worse than they were last summer so yes lots of lots of growth that has happened with that in terms of like coming to terms with like running a business running a business in a new structure that I've never done before personal goals from Q2 continue to read two books a month continue with daily Spanish did those check and check going to continue that in Q3. 
I also just have like dreamy summer vibes and I keep ending up on European TikTok for the summer and it makes me want to be back in Europe. And so I'm like, okay, what can I do? Like, I can't go to Spain or France right now. Like, what can I do to bring Spain and France to me? And the two things that have come to mind are to watercolor paint more, like just kind of like get in, like put on a good like Spanish coffee house playlist and watercolor paint more. And then I really want to host friends for breakfast and just like not go all out, not have it be themed, not have it whatever, but just like, you know, make some cinnamon rolls, see if someone wants to like bring some fruit, cook some bacon, whatever. And just like have a chill, like come hang out for breakfast. I'll make us coffee. Um, I'm going to copy that idea. Nothing slaps more than cinnamon rolls and bacon. That so combo. Good. Oh, it's so good. Ugh. So good. Yep. All right. Passing the mic to you. Okay. Well, actually, I wanted to ask you one more question before we move on to me. Oh, sure. What is your theme or your mantra going to be for Q3? Like a two-worder, a short sentence, a word. Hmm. Focus on your own shit. I love that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a quarter of focusing on what I want to do for the business, what I need to do to support myself financially. Um, that isn't working for someone else or doing contract work. Like I want to, I want to focus on myself and get my own systems in place. Love it. Cool. Okay. So Q2 for me, para me. Um, We'll start with Nourished, which is my bread and butter big company. Um, My three to-dos for Q2 was stop seeing clients, hire one to two more RDs, and tidy up the back end of things. So I did stop seeing clients. It was a very hard and painful and lovely and empowering thing. Um, I feel a lot of relief that my clients who continued care with their new providers are with someone who is super present, can show up, getting a new set of eyes. I feel relief for myself that I don't have to wear 20 hats anymore. I now have 19. (laughs) And I just think it was a good decision all around. I know that if one day I want to see clients again, I can do that. I know that I maybe in the future can see clients in different capacities, like host groups, which have an end date, or I can fill in for one of my clinicians who's on some kind of leave or on vacation. And so I thought I would struggle more with quote unquote, losing the identity as a clinician. But at the end of the day, I know that being a good clinician is just the same as being a good human. And that's what I do. And in reality, when I think about who my clients are, it's my team and it's my business coaching clients and it's our folks in the accountability club. Like those are the people I'm serving and leading and that feels good. And I have that clinician capacity in a way, um, even though it's obviously different because I'm not their clinicians, but it's still the, the leadership part. So that feels good. Check, stop seeing clients. Hire one to two more RDs. I made this one yellow because we are in the interview process right now. So by the time this episode airs, um, we will have a job offer out and hopefully someone's starting with us end of July. And then we are hiring another person. If we have two people who are a good fit from this round, 
we're going to schedule them a little bit further out to join our practice in the fall, probably closer to September when we have more of an influx after summer. And so that's yellow because it's not quite there yet, but we're on that path. And then number three is tidy up the back end things. And that's yellow because that is an ongoing process. Caitlin and I are working hard to have, um, we're kind of doing this thing where we have like a two hour meeting with different topics. So we did one focusing on my Google drive, which was a fucking mess. And we have one coming up that's focused on insurance process and billing and figuring out that. So I feel really good. And what I'm learning about myself is if I have a to-do like this, that's so big of like, you need to reassess all systems. I need to like individually schedule block times and have somebody else there with me and talk it out and make action steps. So that's been like very empowering of, okay, this is how I get stuff done. It's not just going to be me laissez-faire showing up at a coffee shop one day, deciding to do it. It's like, no, it needs to be scheduled out. And when that time comes, I need to honor it. I love that. And I function the same way. And that's why I love like the accountability club power hours, because it's usually those times that I'm like, okay, let me actually tackle this. Or like when you and I have meetings together of like, let's go through this and figure it out. And it's so helpful and productive. Body doubling, man. It's the best. And my projections for Nourish Colorado for Q3 is they're a little, a little more woo woo. Um, They're not super concrete. But I imagine concrete goals will come out of them. So the first one that I really want to do is lean into leadership. After the incident yesterday, just putting the cherry on top of how I've been feeling, um, because I was so overwhelmed and because I was wearing way too many hats for way too long, I pulled back a bit from Nourish Colorado, which I've talked about on the podcast. And I miss my team. I miss being really connected to my why for Nourish Colorado and my why of wanting to be a leader. And so I really want to lean into leadership. I want to figure out how to serve my team and be there for them while still maintaining boundaries, maintaining time dedicated to what I need to get done for the business outside of interacting with my team. But I'm not sure what exactly that means yet. I know what's been really inspiring me is podcasts and listening to other leaders. I know in the accountability club this week, I dropped, um, a couple episodes that have really been inspiring me from different podcasts about leadership. And that's my favorite way to consume content because when I hear leaders talking in their excited voices and like saying really profound things, that's the best way for me to consume it, even though I love books and things as well. So um, yeah, I'm going to lean into leadership. And then I'm also with that going to delegate the shit out of things. So I know recently, um, one of our accountability club members was resonating with this too, of just like doing too many things and being afraid to let go and um, needing to just fucking do it. And so this really ties into leaning into leadership as well of letting other people do things and trust them and knowing part of it is them fucking up perhaps as we do, we fuck up. And so I am going to, continue to think about what am I doing that I need to not be doing. Um, I don't necessarily want to frame it in a way of I'm doing these things that I don't want to do and they suck and haha, someone else should do them. Cause I don't believe in that. I think people have different strengths and superpowers and I need to lean into mine, which is leadership and inspiring and visionary stuff. And also like 
my coaching and things and have other people do other things. So we're working on restructuring our leadership team at Nourished. We're thinking about um, like possibly adding in another admin. I'm having Caitlin kind of head to that of like, what does she want to be doing and what can we bring somebody else in to do? So I'm really excited. And then the third thing is we're just, we need to fucking stabilize. So after we get our one to two people onboarded and um, figuring out the plans for the rest of the team and getting everybody resettled in, we need to stabilize again. So just topping off people's caseloads, doing a bunch of marketing, really focusing on that bottom line, which is serving our community and our clients and letting that kind of settle. Did you ever finish reading Traction? Okay, that's going to be part of my, <laughs> all of that. And I, I really will make it more concrete to do. I actually have it sitting. Yes. Right, right. So sure whatever in the book, the EOS system, we need to implement that at Nourish. Yes. And that's where this is, this is actually going to be Q4 of mm-hmm. getting this implemented, the EOS. So I'll talk about that another time and then cool. implementing that in January. I'm realizing what I need to do is not be like, and next month we're doing EOS, but give myself more time when it's actually realistic for things to get done. And that's how they're going to get done. So traction is coming. I just, whenever you were talking about getting people into their right roles, like that is the book that I always think of. And it talks a lot about like having to like really evaluate and like uh, really evaluate who's doing what in the business and making sure that people are in a role that's going to support them. And that includes you as the, the owner too. Yep. 100%. And I think that goes into the leading into leadership, delegating the shit out of things and stabilizing. So I'm definitely reading traction. I think I'm just going to, I'm like one eighth of the way through. I think I'm just going to scrap and start over and really take notes and like be present for it instead of just being like, I'm going to read a book and read a book, you know, like actually lean into the content. I have a whole Google doc started with my notes from traction. So I get it. For values driven group, my three for Q2 were tidy up the back end and implement a CRM, pitch myself on three podcasts and maintain 12 to 15 business coaching clients. Tidying up, I made yellow because Caitlin is helping me with that now that I finally asked for help. Um, but I've, it's just been kind of a stewing in the back of my mind and not a lot has been done with it, but we're starting that process and I'm leaning into using me, my CRM to manage my notes and my tracking of payments and things for my business coaching clients. Um, so yellow. My pitch self on three podcasts. I did not pitch myself on any podcasts. Boo. That one is red and maintaining 12 to 15 business coaching clients. That is green. I am booked. I'm, I'm shifting some people around over the next couple of quarters, which is awesome. Um, having some people see me a little bit more and having some people see me a little bit less and everything appropriate for what people need. And so, um, that feels really good to, to be in flux in that way, but still stable. And so for Q3, I am actually going to tidy up the back end with my notes and CRM and stop using Google Sheets. I am in this toxic pattern of I started in Google Sheets because that's what I do for a clarity call. I just pull up a Google or a Google Doc and I type what the person's saying. And it's just like my mess of a paragraph for our first um, meeting together. And then I just continue to type into that document and it's not pretty. And I have a really nice CRM system. So I just need to actually open that up 
and make sure it's functioning how I need it to. So that's Q3 um, for that piece. And then I am going to pitch myself to three to five podcasts. I'm committing. I really want to, since I'm not actively like posting content for new business coaching clients and things like, I just want to get into other spaces and network a little bit more in the business space. So um, I'm thinking about branching out a little bit of the weight inclusive space and kind of pitching myself to more therapist businessy spaces or on like some financial podcasts and things. So I'm excited to do more talking. And this kind of leads to my eventual goal of wanting to do more public speaking. Cause I, I think that's also a strength of mine. So podcasts are a good place to do that and practice. And then I'm thinking about restarting the values driven group newsletter and just talking about business and leadership and little nuggets. Like I was thinking yesterday as shit was going down, just the storytelling of it all and wanting to write that up and send it to people and being like, this is the days where we make our money as group practice owners. And we don't want to be the boss and we have to be the boss. And this sucks. Um, I did not have the capacity for that yesterday, but I, I think I could restart the newsletter in a capacity of like once a month and, or just like, as it feels good and just more for my own fulfillment and that it doesn't have to be anything more than that. And then personal, I, my big, my three for Q2 were to buy a van, to take two weeks off and to graduate. So I did buy a van. We do have it. It's been awesome. Actually, at the end of the day today, my partner and I, we are going to uh, Canyon city to go climbing for the next few days. So we're going to work from the van. We got a Starlink set up. It's awesome. So if you have any meetings with me tomorrow, people, you'll see nature in the background and my fully forced Wi-Fi. Um, and I also, for taking two weeks off, I made it yellow because I needed to wrap some things up and do a little bit. And so because I made it yellow and it, and it opened my eyes to just needing some different systems to support me taking time off to where I can fully shut off. So I did take, take some time. It was really nice. That's when I went and picked up the van. Um, but it wasn't the full break that I was hoping for. So womp womp it's yellow. And then I graduated from my master's as you all know by now. So I am Hannah Turnbull, MSOL, RDN. I had to figure out how to write that and it's done, which is crazy because I, in some ways I miss having that structure of like, I have homework and this and that, but I have other ways of meeting that need. So my personal goals for Q3 are, I want to read one book a month. I've fallen off the reading wagon. I've been getting into bed and being very tired, which is when I usually read. So sometimes I don't even pick up my book. I'm like, I'm out. And I have three new books I'm excited about. Um, I also have a book to add to your list. If you need something that will like really get you back into reading, I have a recommendation that I just have a book club. It's called Reckless Girls by Rachel Hawkins. It's about these people that get to, uh, there's like three different groups of two that get to a deserted island um, that's like kind of haunted. There's Ooh. like a lot of, um, it used to be used for like a World War II airstrip and some people stayed there and only a couple of them made it off islands but then the book is about these group of six people going and it like goes back and forth between like present day of them on the island and kind of like flashing back of like their story of how they get to the island really good I cranked it out in three days it was so good I never read books that fast so would highly recommend 
Um, love it. I will definitely read that. That sounds so interesting. One that I listened to recently, audiobooks have been my jam, um, is romantic comedy. And it was very good. It's very SNL meets like millennials meets rom-com story. It's very good. Highly recommend the title. On my list. Good, 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 good. I really liked it. It was my book club book for July and I read it in May. <laughs> but yes, one book a month. Um, go on many van trips. We have many planned. I'm really excited. Like I said, we're going south to Canyon City in Colorado to go climbing this weekend. And then in a couple weeks, we're going to be going to Montana and going up through Wyoming, going to a climbing area up there. And then we're going to go all over, go to Yellowstone. Um, and we're going to work while we do things as well. So, um, that's part of hashtag van ish life is we can take our home anywhere we want to and bring the dogs. And that's very cool. Um, so we have a lot of trips planned. I also really want to lean into learning Spanish. So this is where I'm going to fill my void of grad school. Um, right now I do a 90 minute lesson once a week with a private tutor at the, the language school in my building. And, um, I, struggle to do my homework sometimes because it's a good amount of homework, which is great. But when I have work and people and all these things demanding things of me, I sometimes deprioritize it because at the end of the day, in some ways, quote unquote, it doesn't matter because I'm not working towards a degree or whatever, which is not true. That's like my rationality in the, in the moment, but I want to take it more seriously. I want to block time on Thursday or Friday to do my Spanish homework and like take a 90 minute block and actually do that and practice more. Um, so I'm, I'm leaning into that this next quarter too, and making it just as important as everything else, even if I don't get a grade at the end of the day. Um, and a bonus one for me is leaning into working when I'm working and not when I'm not. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. I just struggle with it. It's very hard when there's a lull for me to not pull up my laptop and try to work on something, but I really feel like that is feeding into my exhaustion and my overworking is just assuming if I have downtime, I can pull up my laptop and look at my email. So no more of that. I'm really going to lean into my ideal schedule and focus on when I'm done at the end of the day, I am done and I'm not pulling my laptop out. And that feels very empowering. That's something that I am working on too. Okay. I do have a question for you. Do you and your partner practice Spanish at home? We do. See. Okay. Okay. I think I was like, you like literally also have kind of a built-in Spanish tutor, which is nice. Yes. My partner is from Mexico and his first language is Spanish. And, um, that's very helpful. And sometimes he will talk at any time I want to, obviously it's easier for him in some ways because it's his first language, but sometimes, um, <laughs> I don't want to, like I'm too tired or, things. So exhausting. it is exhausting, but actually what's really helpful is, and we've moved into this, um, transition recently, which has been awesome and showing that my Spanish is paying off. Like sometimes he'll just talk to me in Spanish and I can respond in English mm-hmm. and it's still practicing because I can understand, which feels really cool. So that's what I need because I'm, I've got the reading and writing down, but like the listening piece is oh my God. way more difficult. <laughs> Listening, it is difficult. It's easier when you're in conversation with somebody because it's, you know, he'll say something, I'll respond. But in my Spanish class, um, I'll listen to like a whole conversation between two people and my my tutor will 
say, escribe, escribes, like write down what you hear. And I'm like, I can't even write fast enough and listen at the same time to be able to tell you what these people are saying. And it's so different when you're just listening to a whole thing Mm -hmm. rather than listening to somebody speak to you. So, um, yes, you could use something like italki. I've heard good things. It's very inexpensive where you can talk with somebody in practice. Yeah. Um, you can also borrow Ector. So, <laughs> yeah, I also have, I have, I have quite a few friends in Houston that are native Spanish speakers. So <laughs> I just need to be like, you know, let's go get coffee. And then lastly, reviewing our intentions uh, and projections for weight inclusive innovators. We've been crushing it. I think one thing from Q2 was we set really realistic goals and like didn't overextend ourselves. So we've got all of them done. We put run the accountability club in Q2. Check. Finalize our group business coaching trip to Mexico city. Check. And not say yes to a gazillion other things. We said no to, well, actually not a lot came up. We just stayed focused. So we stayed focused. We didn't, we, we didn't say yes to every idea that we had for the business. And our intentions and measurables for Q3 that we're going to be working on is we're getting ready to run the next cohort of the accountability club for Q3, which is very exciting. And we are going to host our first Mexico City trip. This is for sure happening. There so far is going to be six of us going. We have four spots left, so we would love to have you. Please sign up. Um Listen to our last episode about why you should go on this trip. If you need some convincing, we will convince you. We're also going to be fine-tuning our systems for podcast production and the accountability club. Morgan and I had to do a lot of this before we launched the podcast. And now we're kind of going through another wave of it, especially with our marketing and outreach and actually onboarding and offboarding people from the accountability club. And we just, Morgan kind of headed our last round, which Shout out to you, Morgan. Grateful. Now we're trying to figure out how to do it more sustainably because it can just be so all over the place and not efficient. So that's our our intentions for Q3 right now. We're just getting through it and getting it done and then going to lean into tidying that up. And our fourth is we are going to be bringing on another team member at Weight Inclusive Innovators to help us some behind the scenes support. So we're looking forward to delegating and having somebody else in here with us. And that's what we've got from a Q2 of what we got done and where we're headed for the next quarter. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our pod to add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review. Share with a friend to help us reach more weight inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. And don't forget... This is the last week to register for the Accountability Club Q3. So make sure you get that done if you're planning on joining in, uh, joining us and sign up for our Mexico City trip. We'd love to have you there. We'll see you next week. Bye.